This is Comic Picks by the Glick, and here's your host, Jason Glick, and I'm your co-host, John Murphy. I just wonder how many of those like, pre, pre-recording takes are actually going to make it into this thing. Okay. <laughs> you never you, know. Yeah, I, I hope our audience doesn't have any idea what I mean by that, but we'll see. Anyway, welcome to you on part two of the Dark, my, my take on Dark Horse manga. And like, first week dealt with all the titles they've, um, they've flipped for, for really, for release in, in America. Like, just talking about the old, old school days, like when, when you really, when you had to flip stuff, mm-hmm. make it read traditional American standards from left to right. The old, oh my goddess stuff. And yeah, all oh my goddess, uh, Bleeding the Immortal, Lone Wolf and Cub. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, and this worked fine for them for years until then, until Tokyo Pop hit upon the idea of, of un- leaving stuff unflipped and just releasing volumes at 10 bucks a piece. And then we'll put directions in the back of it saying, stop, go to the other side of the cover, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that pretty changed the manga industry as we knew it and caused it to explode into one of the biggest biggest comic, comics growth industries. Good that for is, Tokyo Pop. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, not so good for them right now, but that's yeah. a whole other podcast. Yes, it is, isn't it? Anyway, Dark Horse took a little while longer to, um, to get to speed on this stuff from... For, for their titles, but hey, once they did, turns out they, true to form, they released a lot, like a god, like a gobs and gobs of stuff that, that I was so interested in. I've already talked about one of these in a previous podcast, just Old Boy. Right. Um, another one of those is um, Eden, It's an Endless World. Now, this is one of those titles that's constantly under a death watch, hmm. um, because Dark Horse, well, my biggest gripe with them is that, as opposed to like other major manga companies like Del Rey and Viz... Dark Horse still actually cancels titles. They won't see them through to the end because if someone's not making money, make, making money, then and if no one's buying it, then hey, they have they have to kill it because they're still a business. Mm. And Eden is still is sadly one of these titles, but it's it's just changes. It's a great title. It's a it's a coming age story told in the in a post um post pandemic era where where a virus has um virus kills off twenty like I think like about a third of the world's population and is Given rise to a like um really religious religious fact religious factions that are taking that are taking over the world and anti religious organizations that are that are combating them. Hmm. At the center of this is a, is a kid named Elijah Ballad, who whose father is one of the is is one of the uh, is a is a drug lord who is basically trying trying to combat the the, the influence of the biggest biggest organization on the planet, Propator. Now. Propator. Yes. Now, I think one of the reasons the series hasn't caught on is because it's really, really hard to say exactly what it's about. It's basically, essentially, it's all about Elijah, like, trying try to find a way, like, growing up in this kind of world, how he, how he meets up with, meets up with the opposition forces, gets, gets his eyes open to what, to what death is like, and also just like, and also discovers girls and relationships as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, ex- it's done extremely well, like, the art. Writer and artist um, Hiroki Endo has a great eye for, for character detail and for getting inside his characters' heads, find out how they're thinking and why they do the things they do. He's also got a tremendous talent for constructing like a, a, an, an incredible action scene. Like, some of the stuff I've seen in these volumes rivals even um, Katsuhiro Tomo's work in Akira. It's just that good. Hmm. So really, if you're, it's like yeah, if you if you like your um, action scenes with like lots with some intelligence as well. Then by God, please pick this series up right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, going on to other series that have been more successful than them is like I mentioned the previous podcast, like Kazuo Koike has become kind of a cottage industry for Dark Horse. And some of his other titles they've released unflipped are um are Crying Freeman, which is made into a movie from a couple of years back from by Christoph Gans, the guy who did Silent Hill and Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. That's about a 
it's about an assassin who, who 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 cries each time he he kills someone because he cause remembers the person he used to be before this before this assassin this group of assassins um captured him and turned him into this to this person. Now, the thing is with the lots of cause thing with my Kazukuyi's works, I think I've got like great great character great interesting characters, lots lots of action. It's like there's got got there's like so much like sex and violence in here that it's like there's there all the stories are very very macho works like they're works for manly men <laughs> like manly things and that's what what crying Freeman is I mean it's the, there's another um, Koiki series called Wounded Man which is the most macho series I've ever read to the point of utter ridiculousness <laughs> and crying Freeman is kind of like that only it's toned down to a less toxic levels of, t- of testosterone. And it's mm-hmm. it's a fun series if you're look if you're if you're a guy looking for looking for some like a good beach read I guess or just <laughs> or it's like lots of lots of sex and killing. And the same extends to um, Path of the Assassin, another series he did with um, Lone Wolf and Cub artist Kazu um, Gosuke Kojima, mm-hmm. which is basically the story of um, Tokugawa Ieyasu and his and his um, right hand man, the master ninja Hanzo Hattori. Aha. Yeah, is this the Hanzo Hattori for, uh, is that that's referenced in the Kill Bill series? Well, it's <laughs> it's it's this is a, the Hanzo this this Hanzo Hattori is the reason why there's a, there's a Hanzo Hattori to reference in the Kill Bill series. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah. So you're saying it's just a reference in the Kill Bill series to make yes. the character? Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's 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 a, it's a change of pace from the usual stuff because there's a lot of political intrigue in here that can be kind of hard to follow if you're not constantly rereading the series. Like after each next new volume comes out, but I will say it's kind of, it is worth it to find out all find out like to puzzle out all the intrigue because it tells a compelling story. There's also there's also like even more sex in this than, than his previous work on collaborations with um with Kojima, and I don't know if that's because they just felt it would sell better, but uh, it just gets kind of ridiculous after a while. Hmm. Yeah, same goes for his um other this, another series he did Kazuo um, Koiki did with um another artist um was it. Uh, who's this guy? Uh, Kamimura something. My bad. Like he's. It's called Lady Snowblood, which is also a. You say it's another reference to a inspiration for Kill Bill. Gotcha. It's about like a. So it's about like a woman who was um, given birth to in a prison as a means for her to enact her mother's vengeance against the, peop- the people who sent her there. Okay. And it's another like it's interesting because it takes place in a Meiji era Japan. Japan is getting open to Western influences, and it's fun seeing. Seeing this character, I'm go, I'm, I'm Lady Snowblood. I mean, I going around killing killing bad guys, and it's like it's like I said, it's it's a traditional Kazuquiki vengeance story, and if that's the yeah, I kind of your boat, then hey, like I go for it. I mean, otherwise I can't see you missing a whole whole lot much, whole lot else. All right, what's next? Okay, let's see another another artist, a dark horse, another writer. I mean, who dark horse is. Has been seen to um, bring out over here recently. He's called him Eiji Otsuka. Um, he's he writes two titles for them: MPD Psycho and the Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service. Oh, uh, we talked about the Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service. We talked about Kurosagi in one of those one of our proto podcasts that never actually made it on the air. Oh, that's right. We did talk. Uh, no, hey, well, which is why yeah, which I'm, gonna, I'm about to give it to do in a second. But first, talking about MPD Psycho. Mm. Now, the MPD stands for Multiple Personality Detective. Uh-huh. The Psycho means that this guy's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's about mean, a, people with multiple personalities aren't crazy already. <laughs> yeah, this guy. You know, see, this this series is notorious for its completely over the top violence. I mean, like 
people get killed often all sorts of interesting ways. Especially like some of the girls, some some ladies in the first volume who I'm never gonna forget this, who were turned into flower pots because like the, the killer decided to grow, start growing um, flowers in their brains. And let me tell you, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that you can expect to see in over the course of series. Like you got like, like kids, kids who set up their own serial killings, and an FBI profile. Profiler who felt he was so special that he wanted to um, cl- um, claw all the skin off his face uh-huh. in order in order to prove it. Now you see, you might be wondering, like, well, Jason, what's you're talking about all these things, but what does that have to do with the main main series? And that's one of the issues I have because while the overall main plot is about this one guy Kazuhiko Amamiya, who is who is um, who was once a detective, but then after his girlfriend was um, delivered to him as a torso. At, at the Metropolitan Police Department, um, kills the guy and starts to develop multiple personality disorder as a result. Mm. Now this, now it turns out that his that he's also uh, has a relationship to this mysterious organization called Gakutsu, who have also who've, who are also try- got some got some weird plans that um, involve like a former '60s um, controversial figure named Lucy Monastone. And if you're trying to wonder how am I going to tie all this together, I'm kind of wondering too. <laughs> it's because it's like it's it, it's very it's very stylish and it's and it certainly certainly has attitude to spare. But it's I'm still kind of wondering after five volumes that where exactly is is, is all this headed? I mean, it's, it hasn't quite cohered into a into, into a proper direction. I mean, it's like there's there's plenty of outrageous stuff to keep me interested, but uh, I'm kind of not. I'm kind of I'm kind of like um, it, it doesn't make me look forward to. Each volume, as much as as Eiji Otsuka's other series, the Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service does. Mm-hmm. Now, the Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service is a much more episodic series, which is basically involves a bunch of unemployable college college students from a Buddhist university who each have their own talents, mm-hmm. either dowsing, channeling, embalming, hacking, or speaking with the dead. <laughs> right, and it's they basically it's basically their jobs. They get they get jobs from dead people, and uh, and in order to deliver them to their final resting place, and if they're lucky, the dead person also find a way to get them paid as well. Now it's a it's a very um very strange but also very very witty and entertaining series that has that has lots of that's it's um enjoyably eccentric in the way that it talks all the various cases involved, such as so it has them to, um matching wits with an insurance investigator who's found a way to to cal- to calculate exactly like. Based based on who you who, based on your name your name and occupation, just like what's what's the most likely way for you to die at some point, or or even when they they have to um when they wind up uh, meeting up with a um having to um, fake a uh, fake some crop circles and also find out deal with a uh, with a corpse from a space shuttle that turns out to that is first thought to be an alien, then turns out to be a Russian space chip. Then also turns to be more alien in origin than they suspected. Uh, yeah, and oh, and also it's like let's let's see, and also like a uh, a devious businessman who froze him, who froze him, who cryogenically froze himself for twenty years in order to um, collect on an insurance insurance fraud scheme as well. <laughs> and there's all sorts of crazy, crazy, interesting stuff in the series that that um, it's it's worth reading. We're three and just see what's what's going to happen next. And there's also that's an ongoing plot about the um, the person who can talk with the dead, um, Kuro Karatsu, his uh, guardian spirit, and just like what's what exactly is its connection connection to him, and just why does he have this thing in its first place? But what really makes it worthwhile is the um, 
excellent adaptation by um, Carl Gustav Horn, who, even though you can tell he takes a few liberties with um, how this is strictly supposed to, the strict um, English to Japanese translation, you don't care because he still gets the spirit across perfectly, and he's goddamn funny in the process as well. He also provides copious English notes at the back of each volume to let you know on the... Um, but what's what's also going on as well? Gotcha. Yeah. Now there's also been a couple other series that Dark Horse has, has released over the years that um, didn't quite get off the ground. Stuff like, uh, let's see, Museum of Terror um, from Junji Ito, which well, I don't blame him because Junji Ito, yeah, he can be scary, but he's also got a whole lot of stupid mixed in with his horror as well. Let's see, <laughs> what else? Oh yeah, Reiko the Zombie Shop, which is. This is a tragedy this never caught on because it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer as directed by Sam Raimi. And if that doesn't get your juices going, then I don't know what will. Fortunately, its translator, Michael Gombos, has said that he wants to bring this back um, at whatever the cost. Even means like putting his own money forward to to, to put this out. And if he does, he's got my – he's got my – he's got my money already. That's a bold statement. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got um, Satsuma Gishiden, which is another – an old school samurai story from the 70s. By a bunch of hardcore samurai who are forced to build a build a dam in a in in a, in an out in another prog- province a ways away, and it's actually the first first one is like it's this crazy scene where these all these samurai are trying are chasing after this this convicted felon in order to get his liver, and it's like it's really you're like it's got a got like a samurai movie right in your hand, and unfortunately it's like no one bought it because we only got three out of the six volumes. Which is it's just it's just tragic. I I wish we should get more. Yeah. There's another series. There's other series which I think are um, headed that way. But to be honest, I can't say that they're really. Um, I'd be really too disappointed if they didn't get that that way in the process. One of these series is um, Translucent, and um, I. Uh, to be honest, it's like if it um, does turn out to be only we only get three series, three volumes of this series so far, I can't say I'd be too disappointed if that happened, mm. because it's it's a cute little story about a girl who about like a world where um where people like turn I have this disease called translucent syndrome where they just turn invisible after a while, and it focuses on one girl who just turns translucent about once every month or so, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cute, it's fun, it's relaxing. <laughs> that's generally about it. She turns invisible once in a while. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's probably. I think it's it. To say like they're all a bunch of junior high kids, and I also feel feel the series would probably be, be probably more appreciated by kids in that age range. As for me, though, it's like I I'm I'm I've been generous in giving buying the volumes so far, so I'm kind of wondering just waiting for it to you know really take off and go somewhere. <laughs> and at this point, I'm kind of wondering where exactly that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Another series that just came out this week called um, Ghost Talker's Daydream. Oh, yes. I know about this one. Oh, you have? Yeah. Uh, the reason why I know about it is because I've seen the anime for it. I've actually... No, you know what? Yeah, that and... Uh, I forget who it, the the manga publisher was in Japan, but I have run into it before. Okay. Yeah, because that's just one of the reasons I think Dark Horse brought it over, because it has, does have a successful manga tie-in. Mm-hmm. At least in Japan, at least. I don't know if the series... I don't think it's been released over here yet. No, it has not. Yeah. But um, I'm based on the, on the first volume, at least. I'm willing to give it um, more time to develop. But so far, it kind of reads like another Dark Horse series that I feel would be lucky to get to three three volumes and then be done. Because it's... Like, it... it well, the main... Well, it's like the... it's It seems all right. I mean, it's like the, the stories are... The stories involve like, basically like a kid... 
a kid who's um who's, kid who was bullied and his whose spirit haunts this apartment complex, and an, another um another um girl another infant child who's um who was killed winds up haunting a um haunting this one um teddy bear she she once had but but I'm getting ahead of myself. The ghost talker of the title is just like I can't remember her name is like Psyche who basically she's a she's a dominatrix by day yes. ghost talker. Person who talks with the dead by night, right? And to be honest, it's the series. Uh, it's I can't say it's not it's really bad by any means, but it's just kind of meh so far. Because like, I mean, the stories are the stories are perfectly fine, but there's also like a fair amount of like of fan service. In fact, in the way that they tend to, hey, you know what? We're, it's like she's a dominatrix. You know, that's kind of sexy. And also, we're going to show you lots of lots of uh, images of her in her panties. Mm-hmm. Also, one point where she's where one of her um, one of her fans, we see like creeps in, steals her underwear, and for this for this part of the story, she's gonna go around wearing no panties for the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and so it's like it's just kind of, that kind of like um, gratuitous fan service that really really annoys the hell out of me. If I wanted this kind of stuff, I'd read hentai manga. Yeah. If I but in this kind of case, I kind of like I'm looking for something a bit more substantial. I mean, it's like it, there's I'm willing to give it. a more of a shot, like once the second volume comes out. But as it stands right now, well, who knows? Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment on that. After I've read a little bit of the manga that was uh, fan mm-hmm. translated a long time ago, but you know. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Speaking of fan translations, a couple of the series that Dark Horse is publishing now, I've actually read and scanlated for, and I'm I'm buying now because they were that good. Mm-hmm. One of these is a new title um, that's been highly anticipated called Gantz. Mm-hmm. Gantz is a story. Of um several of a bunch of people who were unfortunately killed one day, only to find themselves reincarnated in an apartment room, with inst- with instructions by a giant by a giant ball, giant black ball to um go out and kill the kill kill this alien next. Now they gave them lots of guns and weapons to do this with, but beyond that, they don't know what what they're supposed to do. Now the first volume is. Is generally like a lot, a whole lot of setup. I mean, it's interesting the cast, including its very un, un, unsympathetic uh, main character, um, Kay, who's just like your standard like um, angst, angsty, um, self-centered um, high school kid, and also his um, former friend, um, oh, what was his name, uh, Kuro something, who basically is a much more um, emphatic and sympathizable um, character. And it's like it's. Well, I can tell you this that um, Kay eventually does become more sympathetic. Um, in the first volume, he's kind of like, well, he's like a normal high school punk. Yeah, but still, it's like, it's, there's enough, myth, I'd say that there's still enough mystery, mystery and suspense, and it's really, really well drawn and illustrated, that um, it's, it's still worth, it's definitely worth sticking around for once, for once things really get going, take some surprising twists as it goes along. So, I realize, I'm seeking more of like, knowledge, from knowledge of where the series goes, as opposed to where it is right now. But I can tell you it is, Right now, like the, what's here right now is still stylish enough that even if I hadn't read this before, I'd still probably want to give it a shot to see what happens next. Mm. Anyway, as for um, speaking of other series I've read fan translation form, I come to my, what is probably my favorite title of the um, unflipped Dark Horse era. That would be Berserk. Uh-huh. Now, you're, have you seen the anime at all? I've seen some of the anime. Yes, yeah. the anime. Is no, guts right? And yes, his, guts. And his big sword. <laughs> yes, guts is goddamn big sword. And I tell you, it's like the anime is would be one of my all time favorite series if it wasn't for that goddamn ending, which basically is like the world's worst cliffhanger. Yes. Now the manga, 
does take you past that cliffhanger, but more importantly, it's a story of, of a, a swordsman guts who's searching for vengeance, searching the land for vengeance against um uh, against his former um leader of the band of the hawk, known as Griffith. Mm-hmm. Griffith, however, has become has become a god in the meantime. And Berserk is a story starts with the story of how of how um Griffith and guts met. And they're they're journeys together as part of the band of the hawk, and their their triumphs and eventually tragedy as as guts leaves leaves the band of the hawk and causes Griffith's and inadvertently got, causes Griffith's downfall as well. Mm. Now, this is one of easily one of the most violent, like one of the violent manga I've ever seen because man, people are getting killed left and right here. Lots of lots of blood splatters everywhere. It's like. And just like everyone dies horribly in this series, but makes it makes it all worthwhile. Is that the story does have, is strong enough to sustain that kind that kind of um, gratuitous gratuitous violence and imagery. I mean, it's, there's still a story, a strong story of 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 betrayal of trust, betrayal, redemption. Hopefully, redemption. I I honestly <laughs> I hope so for some of these characters. <laughs> but it, there's a point that you get the feeling that, main, that even though it's like. The the manga um Kentaro Mira does have a that's a lot large finish for stuff. He's got a he doesn't have the story he wants to tell, and just the all the violence and gratuitousness just is just a circumstance of this of this particular story. I mean, he's like at twenty four volumes so far. It's like I mean, like yeah, it might seem a lot if you haven't started reading it. But I tell you, like once you, once you start reading it, you're not going to want to not going to want to put it down. I mean, it's like it's not for the faint of heart. But there is enough substance to make this a thoroughly worthwhile read, and if you've read, the, you've seen the anime, you need to read the manga because, tr- because trust me, like you're never gonna, there's, they're never gonna get back to telling you what happens after the end of the anime. Right. If you want to know what happens after the end of the anime, read Berserk. Mm-hmm. If you, if you've seen the anime, start with twelve or thirteen. There so. you go. Just you just cut right on in there, and yeah, you don't even have to. Well, you could read the, you could read the earlier volumes. Oh yeah, it's like it's, it's even though it's like it's still. Until they, that's what the anime is adapted from. It's right. still there's still enough enough stuff there to keep you interested. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's it for this week. And next week, hey, come back and you'll f- start talking about Comic Con and all the time I spent there. Oh yeah, that's all right. the crap I bought too. <laughs> all right. Well, t- we'll see you later, guys. Night.